New evidence shows that COVID-19 was probably leaked by a Wuhan lab. The government says that they finally want to abolish the House of Lords. And we talk about the attack on Black Lives Matter's Sasha Johnson. Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Maya Tusi show on our new platform. This is going to be an officially a proper format and we're going to make a lot of changes on this website and we're going to take your feedback on a regular basis. I'm going to discuss a number of issues uh, today on this podcast and uh, a lot has happened from uh, Sasha Johnson from Black Lives Matter getting attacked last night in Peckham, South London uh, to the latest that we have from Wuhan and the origins of coronavirus but also going to discuss with you a number of issues, including the establishment, the government and the House of Lords. And at the end, I'm going to talk about, basically welcome you guys to this channel and how it's going to be working going forward. But first, let's talk about China. We know that a number of documents have been coming out over the last year or so, talking about a lot of leaks, a lot of uh, investigations have been happening by America, by others into Wuhan and what's been happening since not 2020, but 2019, hence why COVID-19. The latest we heard was under uh, Donald Trump as president. Uh, the US government did some investigations. They found out that there were a number of uh, staff members at uh, Wuhan labs who uh, got the virus towards the end of 2019. They were talking about September, October, November, uh, before the outbreak was officially announced. And this is way before January, when the World Health Organization came out and said that we've done our own investigation and this virus doesn't exist. And then they said, this virus isn't dangerous. It's not going to kill and it doesn't transmit via air. Everything changed. They made a lot of flip-flopping decisions. Uh, One day face masks were bad and the next day face face masks were good. One day lockdowns are good. Next day lockdowns are bad. It's like the first pandemic that these guys are dealing with as opposed to what's been happening for decades and decades across the world. But the latest document is now showing that not only Wuhan researchers got the virus, they were hospitalized. Now, this changes everything, because at the time they were saying that, well, it might have been the flu, or it might have been something else, or you have no evidence. But now there's evidence that they were actually hospitalized, and uh, by doing the research, they found out that it was COVID, or what we know know, uh, as coronavirus. Now, CNN and other publications have confirmed this new information. Now, of course, the Chinese authorities are kicking off about this, but the US intelligence report found that these researchers were ill in November. They were also hospitalized. And as I said, uh, Donald Trump's administration did their own research. And at the time, they didn't find that they were hospitalized. It's not easy to do research into dictatorships because the Chinese cover-up, the CCP cover-up since 2019, it's been pretty spot on up to a point where the World Health Organization went there for a few months, couldn't find anything. Everything was wiped out. We know why. The exact same reason that President Xi wants to cover up the whole mess. Now, whether it was intentional or not, that's a whole different topic. Whether it was an accidental leak, whether it was something that was supposed to be something else, and they actually intentionally made this as some sort of weapon, that's also a different topic. I'm not going to make speculations without actual evidence, but we're just talking about Uh, all the speculations that's happening around the world by various governments. All I'm doing is reporting this because I don't want to turn into someone who just says things without knowing the full facts. But the latest that we have is that the director of Wuhan National Biosafety Lab, which is part of the uh, Institute of uh, Virology in Wuhan, has completely denied this, saying, I've read this, 
and it's a complete lie. Of course you say that. They've said that those claims are groundless. The lab has not been aware of this situation and I don't even know where such information came from. Now, Zhao Lijian, who's a spokesperson for China's foreign ministry, also basically refused to accept these reports and said, accused the United States of hyping up the lab leak theory. Hyping it up. Not it, okay, to clarify, he didn't say it doesn't exist. He's actually, maybe, I think accidentally he said, it exists, they're just they're hyping it up. Yeah, there was a leak. It's been hyped up by America. This is bad language. Let's just say it's because English is not his first language, but I'm pretty sure that's not the right wording that the CCP want people to know. This is exactly the problem I have with CCP and everyone, the, the authorities in China who've been trying to lie to the rest of the world. When you look at Zhao Lijian, who's been going around uh, for months and months, lying to the public in China, and the rest of the world were saying that, well, we need to find the evidence. Well, how can we actually find proper evidence when you're covering it up? And this is not some sort of conspiracy theory because we know this. Same thing with Assad in Syria, when every time there was some sort of investigation going on into what was happening, everything was clean. Now these labs were so clean when the World Health Organization went there that as if they don't do anything there. Nothing happens in these labs. Really? They're like brand new labs and no one's there. Everyone's safe. Everyone. <laughs> This is absolutely a lie. Also, this guy is the same person who runs away from scrutiny. For the record, I am still blocked by <laughs> Mr. Xiao on Twitter because he didn't like the videos I've been making on my channel on YouTube about his gang in China, in Beijing. Now, of course, they don't want to be scrutinized. If he's so afraid, and if the CCP are so afraid of a small YouTube channel in the UK, Guess, imagine what they're going to do and how they react when the US government or the UK government or NATO look into certain things that's happened in China. So bad news, I'm still blocked, I'm very sad, but we'll carry on. Now a number of things have been changing over the last few months and we're talking about this because even, what is, even Anthony Fauci, who's the head of COVID in America, who has been slightly problematic, his decisions have not been uh, clear since day one. If you think Chris Whitty and Patrick Balance have been flip-flopping, Fauci has been on a whole new level. Now, he even, even Fauci is now saying that he's not convinced that the virus developed naturally. What does that tell you? Even when the big status authoritarian scientists and uh, medical experts in the US and Western Europe are now claiming that China is lying about something, it's about time we did a proper investigation into the whole situation. Now, there are a number of discussions right now across the West and in the UK about having uh, inquiries, public inquiries into what's been happening since 2020. Now, there are three types of inquiries you could have. And what's been discussed by the mainstream media is not what I want. There's an investigation you could have into China and the role of the CCP into this, the origins of the virus. That's one investigation. The second investigation, which is what the mainstream media want, is into how fast uh, should you have locked down the country, the mistakes, how you, you should have uh, forced everyone to wear face masks since February or January. That this investigation is pointless because that's been happening already by the media on a daily basis, uh, criticizing Matt Hancock and Boris Johnson for not being authoritarian enough. Now that investigation is pointless. The third one, which is very important, and unlikely that's going to happen, 
is an inquiry into the effects of lockdown. Because whether you agree or disagree that lockdowns as a whole, in terms of initially, uh, whether they suppress the actual virus or not, that's different, but they have consequences. They have very, very dangerous consequences. Now we're talking about 21st of June being the end of this. There are still you know, various uh, figures in SAGE and government who'd say that we should extend it. But we now have Dr. Jenny Harris and Boris Johnson himself as prime minister coming out to say that, no, we're still going to go ahead. Fine, this is good news. If it happens, perfect. And they're going to get rid of face masks. And eventually, just like the Israeli government who got rid of their uh, COVID passports, then hopefully that won't also remain permanent if Michael Gove introduced them. What I'm more worried about is what's been happening as a result of lockdown across the country. I've been talking about this on this channel, mental health, cancer patients, people, unemployment, businesses, people's families going down because of what's been happening over the last year or so. There has to be an actual public inquiry into the effects of lockdown. The latest that we have is that the NHS has been letting people down. The same NHS that has been receiving uh, claps at 8 p.m. on Thursdays. Luckily, that stopped. Same NHS that you cannot criticize. Because if you criticize a system, that means you're criticizing innocent nurses and doctors. Clearly, there's a bit of a double standard and a shield in front of them that you can't really criticize. Now, when we criticize the NHS as a system and a model, we're saying it to protect the doctors and nurses because they deserve better, just like how patients and taxpayers deserve better. But the same NHS have been disappointing. Dentists, NHS dentists, right now they're receiving so many uh, requests because they're so overwhelmed because they don't know how to upgrade their system that you now have to wait on a waiting list for about three years to check up you know, what's been happening with your teeth. Really? Dentistry is one of those areas you can't really wait for three years. And so a lot of people are now forced to go private. Now, of course, there are a lot of people in the country who are middle class enough to be able to afford um, private dentistry, but it's not cheap. Now, if you think that uh, ordinary, normal GP visit, a private GP visit is bad, it's not. Because, you know, there are a lot of GP places they could just pay you know, £20, £30 for a visit. Of course, not everybody can afford it. But dentistry, each visit could be very, very expensive. So what's been happening with our NHS uh, dentistries? There's absolutely no scrutiny into why this is happening. If Matt Hancock is so concerned about the performance of the NHS, that they should really do something about this instead of just creating a religion that you cannot touch. So this is happening right now in this country, in 21st century, in 2021, a developed country, people have to wait for three years, up to three years right now. Another issue, cancer patients. The latest we have is from The Telegraph, uh, showing that official stats show that in the, in the 12 months ending in March, over 300,000 fewer patients were given an urgent referral to hospitals by their GPs because of a suspected cancer. And this is all, again, because of the NHS, well, the fear of NHS being overwhelmed because of this virus. Now, we've already seen that that didn't happen. Apart from a, a few uh, odd one kind of hospitals, the beginning of the first lockdown, that weren't ready, the majority as a whole, the masses, all the hospitals and clinics were not overwhelmed. And if we had good modeling and good management, everything would have been absolutely fine. Now, the issue is that just to protect themselves, they turned around. A lot of people, they canceled their appointments. Now, cancer treatments have been delayed 
A lot of people have already lost their lives because of this, and the rest of them will unfortunately lose their lives a lot sooner than expected because of these treatments not actually been happening. Now, the number referred for breast cancer checks alone dropped by more than 20,000 last year, uh, up to until this year. This is according to Cancer Research UK. Now, overall, around uh, 38,800 fewer patients started treatment for cancer, a drop of 12%, according to the data, which covers England only. This is just England, <laughs> not just the rest of the UK. Now, this is the biggest problem because they're saying that the the NHS should have been protected from not being overwhelmed because of the virus. That didn't happen. One issue is the actual GPs and hospitals turning people away. That's a big problem. Secondly is the fear that was created by the establishment, by the government and the media, resulted in a lot of people being so scared. People who had cancer, they didn't leave their homes. They didn't go to their GPs. They didn't go to their hospitals because they were told to stay at home. And then right now a crisis is on our hands so partly it's because of the actual uh, officials of the nhs the rest of it is because people have been so scared that they're not even uh, going to their doctors to be referred to hospitals this is a big big scandal which no one's really talking about right now everyone okay on twitter a lot of anti-lockdown people uh, bring up the points of uh, the nhs uh, not really uh, helping cancer patients but we're not really talking about it properly the mainstream media is not discussing this there should be a proper inquiry into this after this third lockdown okay unless we have a fourth lockdown which is going to change everything but the whole of the establishment need to answer we're talking about of course downing street but at the same time whitehall the civil service the guys who are technically running the country because it's not just your elected officials ministers it's also these top senior civil servants even when it comes to westminster parliament house of commons of course is there and we've seen the flaws in the system, especially during Brexit. But you have to deal with the House of Lords. That's unelected, a bit complicated, and at times problematic. But we have some good news because we're not just going to talk about doom and gloom on this channel. This is not what we do. The next half of this show is going to be talking about some good news. Penny Morton, who is a government minister in charge of constitutional matters at the Cabinet Office, has come out to say that we need to abolish their lords. This is finally good news. It's not the first time that the Tories have mentioned this. The first time was David Cameron in 2010. Now, his idea was slightly crazy because uh, the idea was to uh, make the lords technically elected, but not really competitive. They were going to do fixed terms, 15 years, and then, then get rid of everyone, bring in a new wave, Another, vote for them and just wait for another 15 years. You might think it's a good idea, but I'm going to explain why this is a terrible, terrible idea. Actually, I'm going to let Penny Morden explain to you because she has suggested a new register of members' interests to ensure that peers have to record uh, their financial interests in as much detail as MPs in an effort to stamp out the threat of corruption. Now, this has been a big problem because the House of Commons, especially after the expenses scandal, uh, they, they had to introduce new measures. And even then, we are still seeing problems thanks to some Labour MPs taking advantage of taxpayers' money. So there's still corruption in the Commons, but they introduced some measures. The House of Lords is so relaxed in terms of these measures, lack of these measures, that, uh, as we mentioned on this channel a while ago, there are a number of uh, lobbyists walking around the Palace of Westminster 
with parliamentary passes that were given to them by free by lords. Now, lords and MPs can't just randomly give out, give out passes, guest passes. You know, they have to have an actual explanation, like whether it's an intern uh, or, you know, there, there needs to be a reason or a staff member, employee. Uh, you can't just give it to anyone you want. There, there was a time when they could, but not anymore. When the lords still have that power to do that. And someone has to really stop this because it's absolutely nonsensical. You can see the number of bishops, life peers and hereditary peers sitting in the House of Lords. That's the graph that we have thanks to the Times. But the main point is the 85 lords who were born to rule. And you know they're just born into it. Just have to go in there. Now, this debate is quite divisive. I was on talk radio, uh, I think it was last week actually, talking about this um, because some, some people who are on our side, we want some sort of change. Some people want a complete elected Senate. Some people want to get rid of the political appointees and go sort of backwards, more traditional way of the Lords, just make it slightly more symbolic and just scrutinizing the bills, not really blocking it in that sense. Uh, and there is also hybrid moves where you know people want uh, specialists from different areas, whether you know medical uh, engineers and others to be in the Lords. Uh, there are a number of methods, of course, and the reason that you're not going to have that anytime soon is because there's a consensus, because everyone wants something different. I believe that if you want to have a complete elected Senate without knowing what you want from the, the new House of Lords, it's going to create more problems because it's going to the more you you make something political, then the more problems you're going to have. Now I don't want to leave it the way it is. It definitely has to change massively, but we need to have a proper discussion. Now, Penny Morden has said that if the House of Lords was elected, it wouldn't automatically uh, bring democratic accountability. Only re-elections would do that. That's what we said about David Cameron's idea, uh, that to introduce a fixed term of 15 years and then get rid of the wave and bring in a new group. That's bad. As Penny says, yes, only re-elections would introduce proper accountability. If the person thinks and feels that they could lose their seats, if they are bad. Now, of course, we need to introduce proper accountability and proper fear, because right now, some MPs, depending on where their seats are, then they could do whatever they want and they will never lose because they are in Labour heartlands or Tory heartlands. So regardless of whoever you put on as a candidate, they win anyway. Now, that system has to also change and we need to have a proper discussion about this. Now, Penny Morden has written in this book about this idea uh, that also says, that the power for peers to initiate and block legislation should go. And the role of peers should be limited to improving laws originating in the commons. No one asked for that and it shouldn't happen. Yes, you, I don't want the law to stop in initiating ideas and policies. That's going to create a whole new problem. Uh, it says, that's, to be fair, that's the same issue that we've had uh, with the European Union because uh, the reason that the executive, the European Commission introduces the laws is uh, that they don't want the European Parliament to have that power. Well, technically speaking, it should be the other way around. It should be the European Parliament that initiates policies, and it should be the European Commission that should act uh, more like the Lords, although the European Council is like the Lords in Brussels. So that's the biggest issue we've had. And if Penny Morden and her idea goes ahead eventually, after 15 years, because you know that's how slow the establishment is, it's good. This is a good start. I like this but we just need to see more action rather than words. Now, a lot of things are being challenged in this country. There are political challenges. We're obviously we're still dealing with the Chinese uh, virus at this point and cultural issues. Now, there's been a massive cultural divide 
especially since last summer when we exported, imported some American horror stories when it comes to race and a number of other cultural battles. Firstly, the Black Lives Matter started massively in the UK. Uh, people like Sasha Johnson, who until recently was a member of Black Lives Matter, and she's uh, so rogue that she created her own site. Uh, she has some uh, difficulties. Uh, not everybody in Black Lives Matter movement like her right now. She has some enemies. She has uh, been attacked uh, yesterday. Uh, she was shot in the head in Peckham, East, uh, South London. Uh, of course, at the time, even right now, we don't really have full facts about this. Uh, at the time, everybody thought it could be anything. It could be a rogue one person who happens to be white and from white supremacist side and people would say that's it all the whole country is now far right or it could have been a generic gang related or it could have been black lives matter on black lives matter the latest that we have is uh, again we have to wait for confirmation but speculations is that uh, according to her friends this was actually a, a gang related incident uh, right between rival gangs uh, in peckham and uh, they are now saying that this was a house party at 3 a.m. in London, uh, that she wasn't even the main target. Now, her political party, because Sasha Johnson is now part of a new party uh, called Taking the Initiative Party, uh, are saying that she's been receiving numerous death threats. And we don't really know exactly. They never clarify this because they don't, they don't really say, are, they, are these specifically by white people, white supremacists, or what about her rival former Black Lives Matter colleagues. So that's one thing, but her friends have come out to say that uh, this incident, uh, she wasn't even the main target anyway. Uh, and uh, so we don't really know exactly what's happened. So it's best not to speculate. Uh, at this point, you guys know that I do not like Sasha Johnson's views. Uh, I almost also had a debate with her, she didn't turn up, but she's still human and she's a mother of two. Now I could debate with her against her ideas, but you know, it's best not to go too far. She's still a human being. And of course, some of her ideas are very radical. We know that, but we have to deal with it as it comes. Now, this thing is gonna escalate. And now that we have this new channel, without censorship, we could discuss and analyze everything on a daily basis. We're gonna bring you daily shows. And uh, one of the things I wanna say is, uh, hopefully the new website is easy to use. And I massive apologies for the initial launch a couple of days, a few days ago, we weren't really expecting. We thought the server was ready and uh, to take on a number of people, but um, the huge group of people who went to the website to try to sign up at the same time uh, last week uh, brought down the whole thing. So apologies for the delay. We are back. We're going to have uh, Monday to Friday, uh, 6 p.m. everyday shows, uh, but we are going to have more on this channel. What you're saying right now, as I said, hopefully the website is easy to use. One thing I would say to the full members who are paying £5 a month, don't forget, uh, if you guys remember on YouTube, when you were a member on YouTube, we were doing uh, weekly Q&As. Now, if you go on the members area, uh, membership area on the new channel, uh, you could, there's a box where you could actually submit your questions on a daily basis. So just any questions you have, uh, submit them there. And at the end of each show, I'll dedicate some time to answer a few questions. Uh, on a regular basis that's the best way also of, of course the membership area has uh, different sections as well we, we could uh, book in your zoom calls and everything else uh, i have uh, a couple of questions that i picked because i think these are good uh, to just start the first official show with the new format uh, to kind of explain what's happening so one question is from mark uh, it says can we watch this channel on tv 
like YouTube. Uh, I'm assuming Mark is uh, talking about like smart TV because of course YouTube has an app on smart TVs. Um, so yes, the, that is actually, we have good plans coming up uh, right now. Some smart TVs, you can actually have a browser. You could actually go on the internet on them. Uh, so of course you could just type in the URL, but most of them can't. We are currently working on an app uh, to make uh, everything easy. Because of course we have the, the daily podcast as well. We could just listen to it right now uh, on your phone. But we're going to make it easier. We're going to have an app, and hopefully the app uh, should be able to mirror the videos on your TV as well. So stay tuned. Uh, then we have Sarah, who says, will the Zoom calls continue? Yes, as I said, the best way to now do it is the membership area. If you're a full member, scroll down, sign up to our regular video calls. Uh, we do them, of course, in cycles. You have a few dates. Pick the best one. Pick one so everyone gets a chance. And then on a regular basis, we update the dates. Uh, we do the calls every Wednesday, of course. Right, and finally, we have Adam, who says, will there only be one show a day? No, that's the whole point of uh, this new operation, to be able to be free to become an alternative media platform. Now, of course, we're going to have the daily shows, uh, which, uh, as you've seen, is a long version of what you've been seeing on YouTube, just without censorship or ads and more analysis. But one of the main things is we're going to introduce uh, more uh, regular shows and different formats. Um, I can semi-confirm, I think, without leaking too much. Uh, we have some uh, new show uh, ideas. Uh, different. Uh, we have a, we're going to have a debate format where we'll uh, have debates on a regular basis, an interview section where I'll be interviewing the influential figures, and also behind the scenes, we're going to have the vlogging channel on this channel instead of YouTube as well. Uh, but the debate one, I can't give you too much details on that, but we're going to be uh, having a segment where we discuss and debate uh, real issues and ideologies on a regular basis, go throughout the actual history and definition of them and uh, what's been happening uh, with the progress of those causes. Uh, so there are going to be a lot of different shows as well being added to this new channel. So of course, stay tuned and I hope you enjoyed this new format and the new show as well. And definitely, as I said, use the, uh, the comment box uh, to send in also feedback. There's also the contact page for you guys who are not full members if you want to just give feedbacks about this new channel. Thanks again for watching. I'm Maya TC and I'll see you guys in the next video.